from days of long ago. From uncharted regions of the universe comes a legend. Podcast episode 229. We've been everywhere, man. I'm your host, Ryan. I'm Chuck. And I'm John. And welcome back, everyone. Uh, yes, uh, the the trio is is back. Finally, we have more than just two of us on an episode. So, <laughs> um, so yeah, thing, things, uh, a lot has been happening in just the short period of time that, uh, that we've had you guys on and uh i've been busy and we've just been doing a lot of stuff but uh uh john i know you are anxious to talk about this so i actually want to start with your your con experience that you've had recently oh yeah and uh, yeah so i i want to hear this the story i want to hear what you what you did i want to hear all about that right away so why don't we just jump right into that right now okay we subtitled this episode john met barry bostwick because (laughs) I met Barry Bostwick, and it was everything I needed it to be. We had uh, GalaxyCon, which is the former SuperCon in several areas. GalaxyCon came to Richmond. It's their first show. They had It was a three-day event, and it was very heavy on the pop culture side. There were a lot of celebrities there of every type. For a comic book show, for comic book people like us, it was great. Andre came down. Yes, the elusive Andre came in, stayed with me. Uh, my friend Chris Flick, who's an artist, was also staying with us too. But you know, got there Friday, and literally there were like 200 people waiting in line, and that was it. I had an Artist Alley badge, but I went outside and hung out with Andre. And we walk in, and we both wanted to get a piece from Tim Seeley. Tim had no line. He had no list. We were the list. Wow. And it went, that whole weekend, we literally went just from artist to artist that we wanted stuff from, and we got all of them. That's awesome. Pro pro tip, Tim Seeley likes beer. He <laughs> will trade you sketches for beer. Oh. Nice. So the first sketch I got was Nemesis Enforcer because I said, artist choice, G.I. Joe, have at it, man. And all weekend he was doing characters from G.I. Joe the movie. 
So I got Nemesis Enforcer. He did uh, Pythona in uh, Andre's book, and he did a couple. I think he did. Oh, and then he in a Grub. He did just uh, uh, Cobra La Guard and all that kind of stuff. Well, anyway, we're standing there talking to Tim. He's a great guy. We're visiting. And we start talking about Richmond beer, and he suddenly says, "Oh yeah, man, you get me some beers. I'll do you another sketch." So we left the convention because it was so slow. Right. Andre and I hopped in the truck, drove to the local Total Wine. I got a fair amount of beer, got a, a pack of Solo Cups, drove back to the convention, put it all in my backpack. They don't check anything. Right. Walk in, and I go, hey, Tim, I got something for you, but can I come around back? Can I sit? Can I come back behind the table because I don't want to hand? He said, yeah, man. So I walk behind, open up my bag, and he just flips out. <laughs> and he's like, holy shit, man, you aren't kidding. I go, dude, I, I you want beer? I'm going to bring you beer. So I brought right. him all this top-notch Virginia brew and nice. in my book. And I said, he goes, well, what do you want this time? I go, I want Lady J and I want her a little cheesecake. He goes, I will do that. And he just killed it. Oh, he gave me the best-looking Lady J. Right. So, yes, uh, again, next time you see Tim Seeley at a local show, take him some beers and he will do you a sketch and and, and, <laughs> nice. and he's a great guy we we talked for quite a while with him got some other pieces as well friday though it was totally dead most many of the celebrities weren't there yet i'll tell you the three longest lines all weekend were kevin conroy okay not a surprise, mm-hmm. not a surprise yeah. Yeah. ralph macchio really okay. interesting enough yeah and alice cooper nice oh, yeah. and nice. alice cooper to his credit was at his table all day, every day, three days he was there. Literally wow. from when it started till you know, he was not – some of them left early. And, of course, it was really slow. I don't know what they were thinking numbers-wise, but it was – if this was – if you were going to try to meet people – so, for example, Peter Capaldi was there. And when Peter Capaldi was at AwesomeCon, his line was like three hours long. Dude, his line at this show was maybe 20 minutes. Oh, wow. And then huh, if you got in the wow. photo line, it was maybe like 40. It was It was really – it was amazing. Like I, w- the first day I walked over and there was Felicia Day with no line. She was just standing there. Oh wow! And I was like, you could walked up. Now I didn't really care to meet Felicia Day, but I went over and saw her. And anyway, so having said all that, Barry Boswick's at this event. After Burt Reynolds died last year, I have made a point to myself that anytime I have an opportunity to meet somebody like that, although I've never done it before, I'm going to do it. Mm-hmm. So I go over. Boswick's not at his table. I guess he's doing pictures or something. So I'm talking to the young lady that's volunteering at his table, covering things while he's gone, and he comes sauntering over. And I introduced myself, and I said, Mr. Boswick, my name is John. Welcome to Richmond. It's really nice to meet you. He said, oh, it's nice to meet you. I said, oh, have you been to Richmond before? No. And he said, what do you? What would you recommend in town? He said, I literally got in the car last night at the airport. They dropped me off the hotel. I have no idea where I am. So I proceeded to tell him about a local restaurant, tobacco company. Nice place, really tour- nice place to take tourists. It's in an old tobacco warehouse, glass elevator, really cool place. Yeah, telling him all about it, and now he suddenly says, "That's great. Are there strippers?" Nice. <laughs> no, nice. there's no strippers, but there's cigarette girls. He goes, "Oh, okay." So we're talking for a few minutes about Richmond, and he was talking about watching CNN, and I said, "Well, you know, sir, the reason I wanted to talk to you is that I had to tell you what a big fan I am of Megaforce," and he kind of laughed and he said. I get that a lot from guys your age. And I said, well, <laughs> you know, it, it's very, it's a very meaningful movie for me. And, you know, I, I just, I had to tell you how much I enjoyed you in it. And oh, by the way, you know, I'm following what's going on. There's a Facebook group where I see that you've posted some videos and things. He said, oh yeah, that guy's great. You know, we're making a documentary, right? 
jaw just hit the floor. No, I didn't know you're making a documentary. Yeah, we're making a documentary, and you know that guy's doing this, that, and the other, and this guy that runs that page, Bob, is apparently like a toy designer, is what he was telling me. Because he's, I thought he was in the movie business. He said he's not. But right now, he's got three Mega Destroyers and one motorcycle. Oh, wow. And they are planning to take all the all the vehicles out to the desert outside Vegas and run them. Oh, wow. Soon. And he's telling me all about this, and I'm just, I'm freaking out. Sure. Andre's standing three feet behind like he always does. Love you, Andre. You know, I mean, he, he's like the witness to history, right? right. So. So he's we're talking about Mega Force. He's also ready to catch you in case you that's right and pass so, out. Yeah, so we're talking about Mega Force, and he starts telling me that, and I didn't know this. Some other guys told me that was not they they knew. Apparently, Mattel was in on the design of all the vehicles, and so Mattel had people there because they you know they made things for Hot Wheels, and he's telling me about some of the patents they got that they tried to sell to the government for like third wheels on certain vehicles and stuff like that. And then I said uh, we so we're talking like ten minutes at this point. I said well. I said, Mr. Bosco, I have to ask you a question, and, I, and I'm hoping you'll tell me. And I said, is was Hal Needham as crazy as I've heard the stories about him, and I've read his book, and I'm just fascinated with him as a character. And he goes, oh, he was the worst. <laughs> he goes, that guy, nice. he, said, stunt, he said, if a stuntman fell down and was not supposed to fall down, he'd fire him. Oh, wow. He said, he was tough, and he said – he said, "Couldn't couldn't read a, work a script worth a shit, but man, he could, could direct an action scene." <laughs> <laughs> it was guys, it was so much fun, and and we talked for a few more minutes, and I thanked him for his time. I got the poster signed. He did the good guys win, even in the '80s quote for me. I will tell you, Ryan, I was so close to getting him to do a voicemail for us or a, an intro, right? But what he was charging, I just couldn't bring myself no, to do it. I get that. Those guys have all figured out what their value is, and so unfortunately, they've all like Michael Bell was there. Michael Bell was more than what I was willing to pay too, but it was super fun. He was super nice uh, for the wrestling fans out there. Trish Stratus was there. She is absolutely stunning in person. Holy cow! Um, yeah, it was it was so much fun. Andre and I had a blast all weekend. We got great sketches. We we hung like got to walk around. We saw Kane right. Kane the wrestler was there. Yeah. Kane is now the mayor of Knoxville, Tennessee, right? Yeah, the mayor, yeah. yeah. Kane, Kane walks in by himself. He's a very imposing dude. He's big. He's just wearing, like, T-shirt and sweatpants. He walks up to his table, sits down to start signing autographs and takes pictures. Guys, he put on a leather mask and a black wig. Oh. <laughs> and he had, he had the 90s era red red and black on. Wow. Nice. Hysterical. Sergeant Slaughter, for those of you guys who want to meet Slaughter, he does selfies where he puts you in a chokehold. Yeah, and sleeper hold. I did not do that. I regret it. Next time I see him, I'm going to do that. I'm yeah. going to make it my uh, LinkedIn picture. But nice. it was it was That's it, awesome. It, the show was the show was super fun. Like I said, we we got to see people. Uh, got actually, you know, met a guy. Uh, well, met several people that we had not met before. Uh, just had a blast. But again, I I can't stress it enough. We've talked about meeting people, and again, I've always been one to say I'm not going to do pictures and things. And I didn't do a picture with Boswick, but I got the Mega Force poster signed, which yeah. to me is a lot more meaningful. Oh, and yeah. I, the fact that nobody was there literally stood and talked to him for a good 20 minutes, and he just, awesome. you know, he, he just went, he he rambled, I rambled. Then he told me the documentary's coming out, and that just made my weekend. So, That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, once, once that documentary comes out, I think we all need to watch it and cover it on the show. 
So I I'm in I'm in favor of that. <laughs> I'm in favor of that. But no, great. Like I said, great time. And I, I hope they'll do another one. You know, these guys yeah. have been very successful elsewhere, and I'm hoping that uh, that they'll that it's successful enough that they'll want to come back here. I, awesome. I, I would I would like to think they were. Oh, and the other guy we met, Grub. Thank you, Grub. I know he's listening. Standing with Grub Saturday morning, this gentleman walks by, older guy, got a ball cap on. He's like, hey, John. This guy's name is John. Hey, John. Hey, Eric, how are you? They hug and hugs the guy's wife. And he introduces me to him. He goes, oh, this is John Morton. He was Dak. In oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Grub knows Dak from Empire. Yes, like, he does. He's like yeah. some dude. Right. Guys, I, I lost my mind. And, like, and so he left. And it didn't really register to me, although I have to say it was funny. They shook hands, and John Morton says, may the force be with you. And he says also with you, I thought I was at church. I had to laugh. But I'm listening to the two of them talk about, like, lawn care. Yeah. He walks away, and I go, wait a minute. Did you just say that guy was Dak? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's also in the Boba Fett armor more than Jeremy Bullock on screen. Hey, hey, what now? <laughs> yeah, and he was in Superman too. He's one of the astronauts. I'm sorry, Grub. How do you know this guy? <laughs> and yeah. you just talk like old yeah. friends. Oh it was, yeah, that was yeah, bananas. He's known him for a little while. He, he's talked to me about that before. Yeah, it's it, now I've never obviously I've never had the experience you just had with him. Like I never actually met him or anything like that. It would be awesome. It was, but it was hysterical. I shook his hand. He said hello. You know, we just talked. Like I had because yeah. I and maybe that was better that I had no clue who he was. Sure. You know, because he was just a, an older gentleman that was very pleasant. His wife seemed nice and right. Were, he and Grub and Grub introduced uh, Ewan and or, and his and his uh, his wife to him. And I was like, yeah. and then he walked away. And I'm like, wait a minute, that was Dak from Empire Strikes Back. Holy shit! How cool is that? <laughs> right, right. <laughs> <That's> nice. <laughs> that was my star sighting that I did had no idea I was going to get. That's awesome. Very cool. Well, and uh, I think it's a good transition to go from from talking about that to uh, talking about Baltimore Con this year, because it was just announced today of us recording this that Jim Lee is going to be the special guest at Baltimore Con. And to your point, John, it's you know when you have a chance to meet somebody that you've always wanted to meet, you need to take advantage of that. And I absolutely, I know for myself, I'm absolutely going to take advantage of that because. I don't know, like, Jim Lee's in my top, probably my top two or three all-time favorite artists. I don't know when I'm going to get another chance to ever meet him, so I need to meet him. So uh, I am, I'm beyond excited about this. You know every year there's always at least one or two guys that I make it a point that I have to meet that person, and Jim Lee is definitely that person this year. So, um Kind of curious, uh, Chuck, I know you were excited when you heard about it. John, I wanted to hear your thoughts. I know there's some issues for you with Baltimore Con. You can certainly go into that. But, uh, Chuck, your thoughts when you, you heard the news. And Yeah, I, I literally found out today I was at work, and through a group text message we're all in, I found out he was like going to be at the Baltimore Con. And I, I was like, wow, that's that's pretty cool. Yeah. I didn't think he would do something like that. I thought he would go to like the bigger ones like – you know, San Diego, New York, something like that. But yeah. this it's really cool. Yeah, I mean that's a that's a big name to get. And oh, I know yeah, Baltimore, sure. I know Baltimore's sure. been doing a pretty good job of getting some big names, so uh 
they had uh, Frank Miller last year. Uh, yeah, maybe so, it just seems smaller because that's the one we always go to. Yeah, maybe or yeah, we're just comfortable with it at this point. Yeah, so. yeah. Um, and you, so far, you are planning on going. So I thought I would announce that on the show too. Uh, yeah, for for those yeah, are, regarding you know anything <laughs> catastrophic that happens, I do plan right. on being there. Right. So that's awesome. It's always always more fun when when you can be there. Um, oh, for sure. Yeah. And uh, John, do you want to do you want to go ahead and drop the news, the the sad news side of it? Yeah. Well, first of all, I, I have although to say, it's not really sad news, it's well, not really it's sad. not sad news. But I, I I do want to comment on the Jim Lee thing. I yeah. just saw the news earlier today, and I saw it's going to be fifty bucks per for signature. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So good luck with that. Um, but hey, the market is what the market is. We know what his sketches go for. I'm sure you guys saw that he did that USO tour with Tom King. And the funniest thing I saw was Tom's quote that the guy, one of the soldiers was talking to Jim Lee and he's like, are you really Jim Lee? And he's like, yes, I am. Do you want to sketch? And the soldier said, fuck yeah, I want to sketch. <laughs> that's so awesome. <laughs> like, that's the best story. <laughs> You're Jim Lee? What the... Uh, oh yeah, but, I mean his his sketches go or his uh his actual work goes for like five to ten thousand dollars. Oh yeah, I would say ten plus. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's but, ridiculous. Yeah, you know, he, listen again, he, a really talented guy. Oh, I yeah. I have to tell you, I there there is a uh, there's a glut of comic book documentaries right now on Amazon. One of which is called The Image Revolution. And it's all about when the guys left Marvel and started Image. Yep, and it's and, fantastic. Yeah, I would say if you guys haven't seen it, you should. I thought it was, I thought it was very interesting. Yeah, I thought it was interesting how each person played out. Yeah, I I think it's interesting that uh, that Liefeld thought Sylvester is the most talented of the bunch. I don't know how I feel about that. I thought that was interesting, but I also thought it was very interesting to see some of the secondary players like a Dan Panosian or. Uh, 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 Norm Rampman or some of the other guys they show, and just how much their styles have changed in the 20 years since those books went away, and how how the other creators stylistically have changed. I'm not going to say imp- I will say improved at least to my mind. Right. I think it's interesting that the one who hasn't uh, is the one that's probably the most vocal of that bunch, and yeah. I'm going to leave it at that. <laughs> I thought, but I thought that dic- documentary was it was very balanced in terms. Of they didn't make anybody out like a hero. They didn't make anybody out like a jerk. Yeah. And it was fairly a uh, fairly I, I would assume a fairly accurate portrayal. I'm I'd be curious to see who came up with the idea to make it. But again, everybody got equal time. Everybody nobody. Yeah. Nobody came out looking like a total jerk. Nobody came out looking like a total champ. Other right. than I think McFarland did. McFarland just fascinates me. Like I, yeah, every time I hear the guy, guy. talk, he's yeah. just he's, he's just he's on a different level. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that, that guy, different just level. listening to that guy. That guy is like like you said, fascinating. That's yeah. the word. Yeah, he's he's somebody I would love to have just like go out to dinner with and just listen to him talk. And I was gonna say I'd just like to have a beer with the guy. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he's he's a different cat. But having said all that, uh, some of you already know my streak of Baltimore attendance is going to be broken this year. Sadly, I have been invited to speak at a conference in Los Angeles. It is at the same time, and so I will not be back home until Sunday, the same time as the con- as the conventions going on. Yeah, I'm very very disappointed. Because obviously I love seeing everybody. 
There are a bunch of creators that are going to be there that I've not seen in a while either. Uh, I've got a note from somebody the other day that's like, hey, we're all going to be there together. And I'm like, damn it, I'm not. Uh, <laughs> it's it's it, I am, what, 10 years at Baltimore. So this will be the first time I've missed in 10 years. So, again, it's it's frustrating and sad to, to that extent. For me professionally, this is a big, big deal. So it's really exciting uh, the, I would have never dreamed a year ago that somebody would call me and say, we're going to bring you out to California to speak. Right. So, you know, it's six of one, half does the other. And, yeah. you know, you know little, we always say there's next year. But yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to, I had thought about trying to maybe fly through Baltimore to, to make it work. And it's just not, especially now that I have the actual schedule. I don't know yeah. what it's going to be. It's just not going to work. And so, yeah, unfortunately, guys, uh, for those of you that hadn't heard that are going to be there, I will I will miss you dearly. We'll try it again next year. Yeah, <laughs> I don't yeah, know what else yeah. to say. And I don't hey, to say. and it's one of those things, like like Chuck said, it's bittersweet because it's, yeah, we'll miss you not being there because uh, you're you're one of the staples. We always know you're going to be there. Right. Um, but at the same time, the opportunity is just incredible, and you really can't pass that up. So, right. um, Oh, for sure, yeah. So, um. But yeah, if and I know Brian Lang has already reached out and said like, "Hey, I need a a, a room." <laughs> so um, I don't know if Andre need you know. I know he sometimes will uh, hook up with you for a room. I don't know if he's going. If he Andre, if you're listening, if you need uh, to share a room, uh, we're we're talking at this point, possibly getting two rooms because there's plenty of us coming. Uh, so reach out to me. Uh, through the show or something like that, through the email of the show, starjoespodcast at gmail.com. And uh, we'll, we'll definitely make sure you have a, a place to stay if you're if you're coming out. So, um, but yeah, it, I'm, you know, still, it still should be an exciting time. I have a buddy from, uh, my one buddy, Michael, from work, he's coming again this year. He went, went last year. It was his first time going to like a major convention like this. He absolutely loved it. He got along with everyone, had a great time. Uh, so my uh, he's coming again this year, and my buddy Chris is coming, and Chris is a, a whole nother animal. He's awesome, uh, he's hilarious, and uh, I think he's going to be best friends with Rock while while they get together because he's he's got a loud personality just like Rock, uh, and he actually plans. Uh, I don't know if he's going to actually do this or not, but we talked about it. He does have uh, he does own the bunny suit uh, of that Ralphie wore <laughs> for a Christmas story. He has a full size adult uh, version, and oh, he you're said, "Killing me." And he goes, "Do you think it'd be okay if I like wore that one day to the con?" I was like, "Dude, you totally should wear that one day to the con." Uh, so I believe he's going to bring that, and we even talked. I even mentioned to him what he should do is get uh, heart shaped boxers to put on over that, and a Deadpool mask to wear underneath it. Uh. Uh, and he's like, he goes, "I think that's a brilliant idea." So I don't know if he's going to go that far, but he has said he's going to bring the bunny suit and wear that at least one day on the con floor. I was like, "Dude, people are going to be taking pictures with you left and right. It's going to be awesome." Yeah. So, oh yeah. That's he'll be the only cosplayer in our group besides Grub. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's true. But, uh, That's true. But yeah, well, if he does do that, we'll make sure we take plenty of pictures with him, John, so you can check out the costume and everything else. But uh, uh, that, that's phenomenal. I, yes, I'm. Yeah. Wow, just another reason to yeah, st- way to stick it to me, Ryan. <laughs> yeah. Hey, it was his idea. I just wanted to mention it. <laughs> I, I will be I will be literally in the heart of Hollywood, so I will go over to like the Walk of Fame and get my picture with like. Fat Spider Man or son of a bitch, you know, like or like Rock will be jealous because I'll find like the worst cosplayers walking the strip and 
get pictures with him or something. You'll find the star. In, in your honor. The star yeah, it's the uh, stars on the Hollywood Walk of Fame and yeah, get your so like, picture so like with like Harrison, the Harrison Ford, Ford star. Right, yeah. exactly. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I have to do that with the Rush one now. I had no idea that your pal Michael was such a Rush fan, too. That was really oh, yeah. good to know. Yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, so like I said, I'm, uh, I haven't even looked at the rest of the guest list yet for Baltimore because it does change, you know, left and right. And hey, the Jim Lee thing might change too. I'm hoping not. Uh, but I am really looking forward to meeting him. Uh, I already have at least one item in mind that I want him to sign, which is I had, uh, uh, Scott Snyder and Greg Capullo sign my Batman number one from the new 52. But I had, it was the variant cover, and the variant cover was done by Jim Lee. And I always said that if I ever had a chance to meet Jim Lee, I was going to have him sign it, so I'd have all three creators on there. Uh, so that is definitely going to be uh, signed by Jim Lee for sure. Um, but uh, yeah, then you got to get that thing framed. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Um, but I yeah, I am ecstatic. This is this is a high level one for me. This is like when I got to meet like George uh, George Perez, and I got to meet Denny O'Neill, and so like this. He's at that upper echelon for me, so uh, so I'm very excited about that. Um, I wonder how long the line for him is going to be. Oh, it'll be forever. That's yeah. what I'm thinking. Are you kidding? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, no, that's what I'm thinking. But at the same time, it is. I know that they're limiting how many of them that they have. The fifty dollar one, I don't think they have a limit. But some of the higher price ones, they do have a limit, and uh, I don't know how they're going to organize that. But I would think that the higher price ones probably get first. You know, have probably have their own separate line or something like that. I know they've done that in the past. So. Well, they do like the different tiers for right. the exactly. passes and stuff like that. So if you yeah. if you do something like that, you might get priority. Right. You know, exactly. Steaming, so. so to say. Yep. So, uh, but yeah, I it, hey, I'll for him. I will because again, I don't know if I'll ever have a chance again. I would stand there all day if I needed to on Saturday. He's only there on Saturday too. So uh, of course, uh, yeah, of course. Well, yeah. you know, it's probably from like twelve to two or something. So the line yeah. will start as soon as the show opens, and you'll just right. be playing with your well, you know, yeah. I don't want to say playing with yourself, talking, but sitting around talking yeah. to the people yeah. around so you, make, yeah. making yeah. new friends, making new making connections, and friends, yeah. Share, yeah. Share, basking in the nerdness that is right. Jim Lee fandom. Exactly. Well, look how uh, how many times I went back to meet Darwin Cook, and uh, I'm eternally grateful that I went back as many times as I did because I never had another chance. To, I would have never had sure. another chance to meet him. So. Yeah, um, we just never we just never know. So, um, all right. So, uh, wanted to. Well, I'm going to save the the. We have some Joe talk to talk about. I want to save that for the end because I feel like there's a possibility we'll have a lot to say about it, or maybe we won't. I don't know. Um, but I went to Iceland uh, <laughs> for a week. Yeah. Um, why? <laughs> so, so so that happened as you do. That happened. Um, so how that happened was my wife turned 40 last year and, uh, she, her parents, uh, are, they do a lot for their grandkids, like as far as helping with some schooling and things like that. Uh, some of the costs and everything like that. Well, we don't have children and we're pretty independent. We, I mean, we never turn to anyone really for money or anything like that. So they like to try to do something for us every once in a while, uh, and it, since it was a special birthday, they decided to spring this trip on us and said, hey, we're going to send you guys to Iceland next year. And we're like, okay. <laughs> um, so they had been there before, and which is why they knew it would be something we would enjoy. And 
my wife, um, my wife's sister had been there once also. Um, so a couple interesting things with Iceland that people might or might not know about is, uh, 90 to 95% of the country speaks English. Uh, they're taught it in school. So there was really no adjustment there. Um, and they drive on the right side of the road. So there was no adjustment there. <laughs> um, the only thing you had to get adjusted to was kilometers per hour instead of miles per hour. Um, and uh, when we went, it was the week before the summer solstice, which meant that the week before and the week after the summer solstice, it is 24 hours of daylight. There is no nighttime. <laughs> it's like Vegas, baby. <laughs> right. <laughs> and, of course, I got asked by a lot of people before we went, and when we got back, like, was it tough to fall asleep? And it actually wasn't. Uh, now, granted, we were constantly doing stuff all day long, so we were exhausted by the end of the night. Um, but we actually really liked the daylight being there all the time. In fact, when we landed back in Boston on our flight back, um, it was dark and we we're like, what the hell is this? <laughs> it's, supposed, it's only 11 o'clock at night. Why is it not daylight out? <laughs> um, but we had an absolute blast. Uh, if you ever have a chance to go to Iceland, I highly recommend it. The people are extremely nice. They're extremely friendly. Uh, we had unusual, unusually nice weather for Iceland. So, uh, in Cleveland, we have a saying, like, if you don't like the weather, wait five minutes. I think a lot of places have that. They have that in Iceland, and they live it every day. They have it on T-shirts and postcards because it's like they. We talked with the people there, and they like so many. The nice weather was freaking out the Icelandic people. <laughs> they're like, they're like, go out and enjoy this nice weather because we don't know how long it's going to last. Um, they're used to like day to day the weather just changing. So we had fifty-five to sixty-two, sixty-three degrees every day, sunshine every day daylight every day it was awesome and the people were in such good spirits because of it it was just a fantastic trip um we when you go out to outside the city of Reykjavik uh which is the main city it's the capital it's about two-thirds of the population live in Reykjavik um that's where you see the real parts of Iceland and you really get to see the the unusual landscape there's there literally many times where I felt like I was not on our planet. <laughs> um, one example was the Blue Lagoon. It is this lagoon area that has silica that has come up from underground, and it turns all it has turned all the water in this powder blue. I am convinced that George Lucas came up with blue milk from ah. going to the Blue Lagoon because it looks like that's what it looks like. It looks like blue milk. Um, the edges are white, but the inside is all like this powder blue milk uh, hmm. looking substance. Um, so there definitely did not look like I was on planet Earth. There's like this huge canyon that we went to that's called the Bridge Between Continents. There's a bridge that goes across it, and there's the Eurasia uh, tectonic plate and the North America tectonic plate. They meet together there, and there's this canyon in between because they're pulling apart from each other. Uh, they move two centimeters every year. Um, and it's like this black sand in between. Uh, it again looked like I was on standing on another planet. Uh, there was a, there was a, another Canyon we went to where Justin Bieber had recorded a music video there. And because of that, there was tons of Bieber fans that went there to the point where they had to close it down for a while to allow the vegetation to grow back because they're very 
sensitive to uh, their, their environment. They don't like to invade on the environment as much as possible. So it didn't, that canyon area for visitations didn't reopen until June. So perfect timing for us. We went there. There was almost nobody there. Um, and so we got to take some pictures. I don't know. I didn't see the video, so I don't know where the hell he was taking pictures or where the video took place. But that canyon was awesome. Again, it, it looked almost otherworldly. Um, they are heavy readers in Iceland. So there was a lot of bookstores there. And I found plenty of Star Wars books. Uh, while I was there, none of them were in Icelandic. I actually, if I had found one that was in Icelandic, I thought about getting one just for the, you know, the cool thing to have. Um, very few comic shops. Uh, there was two comic shops. One was a little bit of a drive. It was called Nexus. Uh, we didn't go to that one. It wasn't like a far drive or anything like that, but we just, we were kind of walking everywhere when we were in town. Um, and then there was one that was in walking distance, but in Iceland, they kind of ha they have store hours, but they're kind of guidelines rather than strict store hours. <laughs> so there was like it was this old bookstore that also also sold comics, and what I was hoping for was to find like an American comic that was in Icelandic language, and I didn't think I would find that, but I couldn't even get into the store because they were supposed to open up at eleven o'clock, and we were there on our last day, and even by twelve o'clock they still weren't open. Uh, so, and we found out from a lot of people that in Iceland, they, again, they kind of use it as a guide. They don't really use it as a, like, oh, they open at 10. That means when you go there at 10 o'clock, they're going to be open now. They, <laughs> they might be open at 1130. Uh, so a little bit more free spirited, uh, over there. Uh, no censorship at all. Uh, in fact, we no noticed that when we were in the airport in, in, uh, Keflavik and, there was rap music playing over the airport airwaves and there was definitely some vulgar language that came across and we were like, whoa, <laughs> few F-bombs being dropped. And, uh, we were like, all right. So, uh, and there was also like some advertisements we saw that had nudity on it and everything. So it was just like, we're a bit more uptight over here in the States about that type of stuff. So, um, so that it, it was an awesome experience. It was a once-in-a-lifetime type of trip. I am eternally grateful for the trip. Our travel there and our travel home was an absolute nightmare. Well, our travel there was annoying. Our travel home was a nightmare. Um, I have some letters to write to Iceland Air because it was horrible. We were up for over 24 hours trying to get home, and uh, our bags got lost. Thankfully, they were found and returned to us, but... Um, none of that overrode how awesome the trip to Iceland was. Uh, actually loved it. Had tons of pictures. I've been posting them on Facebook from each day that we went, uh, to different places. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. It was, it was an experience and it's, it's tough even with photos and descriptions to, to really t give an idea of what it felt like to be there at some of the places. So. Um, but it, it was, it was amazing. And I'm grateful to have had the opportunity to go out there. I have to ask, did you eat another rotten shark? I did not fish? eat. I did not. I did know about that. I okay. did not eat that. Uh, I did have fish while I was there. The fish is fantastic. Uh, I had lamb, which there's a lot of sheep in Iceland, a lot of sheep. <laughs> a 
everywhere you go, there's sheep. Um, once you get out of the city, um, there's horses. I met, I, I got to meet some Icelandic horses. Uh, one of the things that was really funny and unique, and I haven't posted this on Facebook yet because uh, I haven't gotten to that day yet, is uh, for those of you that are connected with me on Facebook, is there's a road. It's called the Ring Road. It's also known as the One. Uh, their roads are numbered, and the One Road is goes all the way around Iceland. Uh, you can follow it all the way around, and you, that's the road that you do like 90 kilometers per hour. It's like equivalent of like around 65 or somewhere around there. Um, uh, so it's a two lane road. So imagine a two lane road that is high, you know, relatively high speed. And all of a sudden you have to stop because there's horses in the road. <laughs> so you know how like there'll be two horse riders there that are like herding sheep or something like that. Well, imagine the same thing, but they're herding horses. And so there's just these horses that were passing our car on the left and the right and uh, my wife took a couple pictures of them passing by, and it was a cool experience. But it was like, what the hell? All of a sudden, we had to we were going for like sixty five miles per hour. And now we're going like nothing, and <laughs> because there's just horses in the road. So, um, so that was a cool experience, but uh, very unique. Uh, but yeah, the food the food was excellent. The food's a little weird. They do typically have smaller portions than what we'd be used to over here in the states. Um, their ice ice cream is the best I've ever had in my life. Um, they are all about their sweets over there. So they definitely have, we went to this place called, uh, Elder Og Is, or Is, which means fire and ice. And it was, they do these dessert crepes there, uh, which looked phenomenal. I didn't have one, but they looked amazing. And then they have ice cream there. And we went there two night, different nights. And, uh, like I said, it was the best ice cream I've ever had in my life. So. Uh, but I did not have that. I did. Oh, also I had a um, whiskey sour, and and this is just my lack of knowledge of how whiskey sour is supposed to be made or anything like that. I just I'm used to whiskey with sour mix and you know whatnot. But I ordered a whiskey sour over there, and the guy goes, "Oh, I'm sorry, we're all out of eggs." And I go, hmm. "Okay, <laughs> interesting." <laughs> Um, I ordered a whiskey sour. I didn't order anything. Well, I looked at the menu, and here their whiskey sour was uh, whiskey with ginger, honey, and egg. Wow. That's how they make a whiskey sour. So he goes, I can make it without the egg. I was like, yeah, yeah, just go ahead and make it without the egg. That's fine. (laughs) So uh, I had it. It was very good. I don't know what it tastes like with egg in it, but, um, yeah. So That's that's different. Yeah. Have you guys ever heard of that before? I didn't know no, if that's normal. Not a whiskey or... sour, but I've heard of egg okay. and other, other boot, you know, mixed another boot. Not like egg yeah, nog, but nog. Is, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but actually I've heard of that okay. in other places, but not for, okay. not, not a whiskey sour. No. Okay. No. Okay. <laughs> that, that's, that must be a regional thing. Yeah, it must be. <laughs> must be. Uh, the Italian food was fantastic. Uh, and uh, they also stacked their food over there. That was interesting. So I ordered fish the one night, and it was supposed to come with mashed potatoes and a salad. And the mashed potatoes were on one layer. The fish was sitting on top of the mashed potatoes, and the salad was sitting on top of the fish. Cool. So like so, a Pittsburgh salad with yeah. fries and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It tasted great. Uh, but, yeah, it was 
that that threw me off for a second when that happened. <laughs> um, but yeah, we had some, like I said, really cool experiences. Everything when we were actually in Iceland, everything was absolutely perfect. Um, oh, that's and, cool. Uh, yeah, it, it, like I said, people could not have been friendlier. Um, oh, this was interesting too. So the one day we're in the town of Vik uh, or Vik, and well, number one, so kind of a geeky thing to pass along. Uh, Vik V I K in Icelandic means bay. So like a water bay. Um, so Viking means one who waits in the bay. So, and the reason that they were called Vikings is because that's how they would attack ships is they would wait in the bay or in the harbor. And then when a ship came in, they would surround it and attack it. Um, so that's where the name Viking comes from. Reykjavik, which is the main city in Iceland is, uh, that means smoking bay because when the Vikings first came there to settle, they thought the island was on fire because they saw the geothermal activity of smoke coming up. And they, and when they landed and saw it was just the smoke, they called it the Smoking Bay, and that's where they settled. Um, so that was pretty cool to learn about. Um, and I can't remember where I was starting with that, but but yeah, like I said, that it was. We learned a lot while we were over there, and uh, uh, like I said, the people were extremely friendly. They uh, they were happy to tell you they took a lot of pride in their country, which was really cool. Um, Oh, I know where I was going with this. So when we were in when we were in Vik, uh, the internet went out, like in the whole town. Oh no! Because we, because we, because well, because we went and how that impacted us is we, you know, because we really weren't online a whole lot. Mm-hmm. But how it impacted us, we went to go get gas because you need to make sure you fill up between towns. Um, we went to go get gas and we couldn't get gas because and. My wife went inside to say, well, because I thought maybe she had to pay ahead of time or something like that. And they were like, oh, no, we can't give anyone any gas because the Internet's down in the entire town. So, like, like I live in Strongsville. Imagine all of Strongsville is down <laughs> from the in- Internet. Like, nobody can do anything for you. <laughs> um, so we had to drive to the next town. Thankfully, we had enough gas to get us to the next town to fill up. But... Uh, they had no idea when it would be up or anything. So, and, and they acted like it was nothing. Like they were just like, they were just like, yeah, it's, uh, our internet's down in the town. Not like, you know, here we'd all be panicking (laughs) there. They're just like, yeah, you'll have to drive to the next town. It was like, Oh, okay. I I gotta, I gotta be honest. It sounds a lot like West Virginia. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) You, You can't get cell phone reception in places. Yeah. Once it's after like nine o'clock, the gas stations are closed. You can't get gas. I mean, <laughs> seriously, they're not open because they're like little local places. Like a guy yeah. owns it; he doesn't have a chain. Right. That that's yeah. it. He went home for the day. You got to wait till tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That well, and that's how the smaller towns were. When we were in Reykjavik, though, uh, things were open really late, and I'm sure it's because of the daylight and everything else. Um, I heard the nightlife is is really busy too. Uh, we didn't really go into like a whole lot of bars or anything like that. Um, but yeah, the, especially with all the daylight, there was people out and about all night long. And it's really weird because what happens is we got to see some of this. Basically the sun starts to set and then it just stops and then it rotates around to the other side of, you know, from the West over to the East and then it starts rising up again. (laughs) 
that's huh. that's how that's how it happens. <laughs> nice. Yeah. So and then in the, obviously in the winter time, the week before the the winter solstice and the week after the winter solstice, it's twenty four hours of darkness, and then all the months in be all the time in between, it you know, eventually rotates to the, what the other one is. So, um, but yeah, it's it was it was very very cool. I was very excited to do it. Um, and I'm, and I'm glad I survived. And there, I didn't see a lot of geeky things there, but uh, I, I, there's, you know, it was cool to see stuff like, oh, someone's wearing a Captain America shirt, things like that. It was just like, it's like, wow, all this is here. And I did think it was impressive that reading is really big. Like their bookstores were like four four floors of books. Uh, because nice. Re- reading is really big over there. So, so that was cool. All right, so uh, so we had some Joe news happen today. Also, well, it it started a couple days ago, right? With right. Uh, IDW letting Cobra take over their Twitter feed or something. So, um, but then we got the information. I think just yesterday, I think it was that um, that IDW is coming back with their own Joe universe again. Yeah, relaunch. Yep. And uh, that's going to happen in September, and the, it's going to be just like they did with Transformers, where uh, it's a complete reboot. You don't have to. There's none of the continuity that happened before. Uh, you need. To, you don't need to know any of what happened before. It, you can start fresh and new with this. Uh, they are having. Uh, I think it's uh, Aller, who's going to be the writer who worked on Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. So that gives me some hope because he did a good job with the turtles. Didn't he write? Didn't he end the run that Van Lenny started? Yes. Wasn't he the one that wrote with the like with the Cobra Youth? Yes. Stuff. I liked his yeah. stuff, so yes. I I have to say I'm somewhat dare I say cautiously optimistic about an IDW GI Joe book, but I am too. The cover art or the art they showed was interesting. I don't know the the artist they I mentioned. I don't know the artist, yeah. But but I did like what what bit of Aller that I read. I, yeah. I enjoyed it. I thought he did a good job. Yep, and I remember reading him in Turtles, and uh, he did a great job with the Turtles. So, and I, I agree with you, John. I really liked what he did with uh, with Joe as well. So, um, and he he said longtime Joe. F- and granted, they're all going to say this, but he said longtime Joe fans are going to recognize their characters they're gonna you know appreciate what we're doing with them and then he says and if you don't know them uh the joe characters uh then you're gonna appreciate the character developments that we're gonna do um i found the premise kind of interesting because it reminded me of a couple things so the premise is that cobra has taken over Uh and now we have the joe characters that are actually a couple of the joe characters at least that are fugitives um and I found that to be interesting because it reminded me of when the Real American Hero relaunched, and and you guys might remember Cobra Commander was dreaming, but we didn't know it was a dream at the time when yeah. you first started reading it that he had taken over Washington D.C. and all that. Um, and it also reminds me of the cartoon of uh, World Without End, where Cobra won, and they control everything. So I I like the fact that they are pulling on these premises that happened before that Joe fans actually really liked um, and going with that type of story. So, um, well, he's, very, yeah, he's making himself available. I think we should consider talking to him if we could absolutely. make it happen. Oh, I, I will definitely be reaching out to him. Yeah. Uh, cause I, I think it would be fantastic to have him on. 
Um, so I want to hear, uh, John, I want to hear your thoughts first, and then I want to hear, Chuck, I want to hear what you're thinking about it. Uh, and the only reason I'm asking John first is because I know you've had a uh, love-hate relationship with IDW when it comes to the Jojo universe, so I kind of want to hear what your thoughts are with what you know about this and everything. Look, I, I know about as much as you've talked about. I, okay. I saw the post yesterday. I didn't even see the Twitter takeover, all the Cobra stuff. Again, I liked what Aller did, what I read before. If he wrote, if you wrote Ninja Turtles and you like that, that's a yeah. good sign. The art, I just looked up the artist, uh, Chris Evenhouse, Evenhouse, something like that. Mm-hmm. His stuff looks solid. It looks like it would fit a GI Joe book. Cool. I, you know, let let's see. I, I I I have struggled mightily with how they've handled the property. Yeah. I think they have had very little direction. I do think they've given it a bit of life, at least on social media with uh, Tom Waltz, he seems to be excited and engaged and telling people to at least check it out. You know, look, I haven't read Real American Hero forever. I don't know what's going on with it. I assume it's just chugging along. I know it's had a couple different artists. I know Shannon did the fill-in with the Dead Joes. Other than that, don't really pay much attention anymore, and and I'm I'm okay with that. You know, I've kind of made my peace with with it, and... If it's so, good, if it's good, great. If it's not, it'll go away like the rest of it. So you let know? me ask you. So let me ask you this: Will you try the first issue? Probably not. Okay. Probably not. I mean, at, at least where I am right now with everything going on in my life, I, I don't even have time to necessarily think about it. Okay. You know, I, I mean, I, you know, I, I, I said I was telling somebody I had to kind of laugh. You know, my comic book reading and con- con- conference attendance has all flipped. You know, I'm, I'm basically hitting like one show this year, which was the the show I just did this Galaxy Con show. So I did more sketches than I would have ever planned to, because I'm like, well, gee, I may not get a chance to to get some nice work this year. Yeah. So yeah, so I yeah, you know, probably not, man. I mean, okay. if you got if you guys read it and say, hey, it's great, you ought to check it out. Yeah, maybe you know, okay. but but am I gonna run and buy it the first day? Nah. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. You like nah. <laughs> <laughs> So Chuck, yeah, what are, well, Chuck, it, what listen, are your? If, I'm sorry. I will okay. say if they if it was if if it was uh, Mike Costas writing it, yes, I would be there the day one. Sure. Oh yeah. But but again, I I, I, I want to be op- optimistic. Yeah. I did like what I read of his. Let's see. Let's yeah. just see what happens. The guy can write characters, at least from what we've read. So. Sure. Uh, so, I, I, like you said, I'm I'm optimistic. I'm cautiously optimistic, but I'm optimistic. So, um, Chuck, what are your what are your thoughts with it? Uh, I know I know for a while you were like they need to just let Joe die for a little bit and stuff. Yeah. So, so with with this happening, like, are you interested? Are you gonna Are you gonna check out the first issue? What are your thoughts on it? I think I'm like kind of like you guys, just optimistic about it, cautiously optimistic, just to see what happens. Uh, I'm probably in the middle between you and John, mm-hmm. where I'm, I'm going to check it out. I want to like it, but I would not be surprised if I don't. Right. But the premise sounds good. I mean, Cobra taking over, it's kind of like a all hell Megatron kind of Transformers thing, like you said. Right. That, that would be cool. Um, yeah. it, how long is it going to go? I mean, is it... You know, as long as it has sales, I guess. Right. And <laughs> exactly. How long will that be? How long exactly. will that be? Like eight issues, and we're done. Right. Well, because I mean, I, I get stuff anyway. The only reason but. I the only reason I, like I said I, they need to let Joe go is just to 
give let it, it go, time. let it die. Yeah, give it yeah, time, yeah. let it build up another interest. Like, oh, you know, it was really good. They should probably bring that back. Yeah. Not like constantly reboot it all the time. But yeah. the only reason a real American hero is still going is number one is because that's Larry the book to. that long time <laughs> Joes were reading it, and number two, Larry Hama's writing a damn thing. Right. If so it wasn't, if, if somebody to. else, yeah, if somebody else was on it, I think a, half the people getting it would quit. Yeah, I agree. And and yeah, by no means I, I didn't want to make it sound like you were saying like Joe should just die, like it should go away forever. But I know your thought behind it was Joe should die to allow it to to give it some time so that when they do bring it back, people are actually interested in it. Yeah, all I want to check everything. it out. I mean, you know, right. there hasn't been a GI Joe comic book in seven years or whatever. You right, know? right, five years. Let's let's check this out. Right. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm again with seeing what we're seeing so far. I'm cautiously optimistic. I, of course, will be checking it out. Um, yeah, I, I want to get it. I'm going to get it. I'm, yeah. I want to read it. I want to like it. But yeah, we'll see. And and who knows, John? If if we say it's fantastic, you maybe I'll send you the trade in as a Christmas gift or something. Well, uh, listen, I, I, it's nice that we're at least cautiously optimistic and not all collectively dumping on. Oh, yeah. all this art sucks or whatever. Because been. well, you know, look, there was that whole crossover thing that a handful of people really. Oh dumped. my god! There's that new that new thing that uh, That's I guess the guys did Oprah did. That I just don't get. Like I don't yeah. get. I don't get his style. It doesn't. It doesn't appeal to me. But again, it's one of those things where it has a. It has a niche audience. That niche audience hasn't been buying GI Joe for forty years. No. Yeah. And, and and I think that that's where they struggle is trying to appease a fan base that effectively has given up on them. Right. And, and again, IDW did no good for themselves with me when they dropped the whole ball on the Artist Edition book. Yeah, I think that still is just an incredibly black eye on their record, black mark on their record for me. Yeah. They, they they screwed it up. Their their lack of response just to say, well, we didn't get the orders. I I just find that very hard to believe. Yeah, and and I don't know what I don't know what those numbers have to be to to make those books. But because you cannot, well, you when cannot you look tell at me of- when you cannot tell me when that artwork for what it goes for. Yeah, you know, the those of us on this podcast, you know. I and I have every intent of owning a piece of real American hero artwork, original run, Marvel run down the yeah. road. You know, some point yeah. in my in my collection life, that's I want to have a piece from that run, preferably of the old, the the, the early stuff. You know, like right. the Trimpy, yeah. Perlin, that era. You know, the early right. era stuff. Right. It, it, but it is astronomically expensive now. It's very hard to find. Yeah. And they just blew it. They really well, put it without giving me an opportunity, and and many of us, the people who listen to the show, people yeah. I know in the community, that wow, could you imagine having a big book of artwork just that I could just sit there and stare at and reminisce? Yeah. yeah. Anyway, well, and when, and when you to your point with the artist editions, looking at some of the artist editions that they have created, there is no way in hell you can tell me that they had higher numbers than what that Joe one would have had. Like I yes, I'll give you like the Daredevil ones and the Spider Man ones and the Thor ones. Yes, I'm sure you got plenty of people that ordered it. But there was some really obscure ones that they've done artist editions of where I was like, there's no way in hell that uh, that had the numbers higher than what. What, what fascinates me to no end, and you know, I know all of us or many of us are active on the comic sketch group uh, page on Facebook mm-hmm. in terms of watching it posting on it and what have you. I posted all the pieces I got at 
GalaxyCon because I got two great pieces from Tim Seeley. I got an amazing barbecue from Drew Moss. Oh, that's awesome. Be in Baltimore yeah. that you guys should check out. He's he's a phenomenal guy. Uh, he's done a lot of work for JP over the years, and yeah, just a really good dude, and is a big fan of the properties. Like he knows he knows the stuff, and uh, and then a piece from um, Scott Hepburn, who's a, a Canadian artist who does a lot of work for Marvel, did me just an amazing horror show. The feedback I got on some of that artwork on there was from other collectors going, "Wow, you have a GI Joe sketchbook? Like, how does that how's that go? Like, I would love to do that." So you can't tell me there's not people out there that are that are getting this stuff that that would that would buy it especially people of our vintage that grew up with it but again we're beating a dead horse it ain't happening maybe it'll happen down the road hope against hope yeah i mean you know i mean idw's had so many things going on and from what i understand you know there's a lot of financial strife there it'll be really interesting to see where things go in the next year with them hey let's let them finish the uh the IDW hardcover collection first. Well, right. We only we only have the first eight volumes. They're, they're saying, you know, I don't. If you guys check the trades and stuff, I mean, they're they're having some troubles. And I know, you know, all all I can ever say is that the people we know that have worked for them have always said they pay on time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's a good thing. That's a good yeah. thing. Uh, always pay on time, and they get their comps. I, we'll see. I mean, it's it. Uh, yeah, there's probably there's. Yeah, I can't get in on the show, guys. I'm going to stop. I'm going to stop. <laughs> well, and if this if this does well enough, and you know it, it you know, then maybe those things will come back because they're like, oh, maybe there is an audience here now for this. So, who knows? Um, I will freely say this where you know where maybe John's being. Uh, I know John's being polite. Um, look, I love Fred Van Lenty as a writer, but his, as far as I'm concerned, his Joe run was crap. Um, yeah, but it could have been because that was the direction he was given. Like, hey, make these guys like superheroes, because that's what he that's what he said when he was on the show with us. Was that he was he was basically you know he decided to put them in costumes and stuff like that instead of you know the uniforms and make them more like superheroes and stuff like that. That may have been the direction he was given, but that was the wrong direction to go in. Uh, so I, while he wrote characters well, I think that run was crap. Uh, I I think that. Uh, what was her name? Uh, Kathy, Cap- Kathy Karen Travis. Karen Karen Travis. Travis. I thought her run was fantastic, and they just didn't give her enough time. Uh, I don't know what the deal was with that. If it was just sales or not. Um, I know there's a handful of people out there that love the GI Joe versus Transformers or Transformers versus GI Joe. That was a big steaming pile of shit, as far as I'm concerned. Um, the uh, Sierra Morta that just came out—that's a bigger pile of shit than what we just had. <laughs> like those I never; last, the, those last two were horrible. I never thought that something would be worse than Tom Scioli's Transformers vs. GI Joe, and then I read Sierra Morta, and that is the bigger pile of shit than I've ever seen in my life. It was horrible. Uh, you all, everyone on the show knows how I feel about the Citizen Run. Uh, that's a big steaming pile as well. So, and I know there's fans out there, and I'm sorry if you don't like me dumping on it, but guess what? You know, I I like the Last Jedi, and everyone wants to dump on that one with me. So, fuck all of you. But yes, yeah, <laughs> now, now you know how it feels, Ryan, when they, people get on you about not liking something. Now, right. listen, I, everybody's got their bliss. Right. And again, 
there is an audience out there right. for all these things. Otherwise, they wouldn't make them at all. Right. right. It, it is. It does seem though that sometimes they just they run in one direction, hit the wall, and just stop, and then right. literally just bounce off the wall and go in an entirely new direction. Right. Without really under anybody understanding why they're bouncing off the walls and starting to do something different. Yes. So what Who I'm knows? hoping is I mean, I'm hoping with this knows. is what they decide to do is hey guys we need to just refocus. Let's do a complete relaunch. Let's give it a little bit of time, which they did. They gave it. You know, it's been what maybe a year or so since IDW's had their own continuity for GI Joe. Besides the Real American Hero, it may have been longer than that. Even I don't know. Maybe but it's been a while. It's been a while. Yeah. So maybe they finally just said, "Hey, let's give it a little bit of time. Not too much time, but let's give it a little bit of time. Now let's do a relaunch, uh, just like we did with Transformers, and let's see if there's an audience." But I like the fact that they're doing a relaunch because then everything is available again. You know, all the characters, all the vehicles, all the everything is all open and available once again. You don't have to worry about some characters were dead, what happened with that character. You know, that that character was driving a riding a dinosaur, this character was a female, that character was No, don't just be sorry. Think for one fucking second. The the fuck are you doing? No! Don't shut me up! What don't you fucking understand? I'm not asking, I'm telling you. You wouldn't have done that otherwise. You're a nice guy. You're a nice guy. But I don't fucking cut it when you're bullshitting and fucking around like this on set. Wow. No, I mean... Hey, hey, well, let's just hope they use different characters. I mean, you're going to use the standard, like, you know, Duke, Snake Eyes, Scarlet. You know, you're going to use this couple of the standards. But bring in new characters that they haven't used in a long time. Well, There's so many G.I. Joe you know, characters and personalities, just use some of the ones that haven't been used in a while. And the thing is, the, the stuff I'm saying, I was saying before, like, I, it's it's not hate speech. I have no issues whatsoever with any of that type of stuff, but the problem I had with it was that IDW seemed to be doing that stuff just for shock value, just to get people's yeah. attention and everything else. It wasn't because we felt this was going to make a good story. I, I have talked about different comics that I have read that involve all the things I just said that are fantastic stories and I absolutely loved them. But IDW was just trying to get shock value by putting people that were controversial, doing stuff with characters that was controversial and stuff like that, just to see if it would create sales. And guess what? It didn't. And that's why G.I. Joe went away. So now let's get back to the roots of G.I. Joe. And I don't care if you, I don't need them in their their costumes or whatever like that but i do need the characters to be the characters that they are and if you do decide to make this character a different gender or make this character a different uh ethnicity or something like that that's fine but as long as it's a good character story and it's a good story overall that's what i want i don't want something done just for shock value to to draw readers in that aren't even there for you for that type of stuff um, right. It seems like maybe that's what they're trying to do. They're trying to tell a good story. Um, so we shall see. Yeah. I went on the rant this time, see. John, instead of you having to do it. So. I'm absolutely yeah. stunned. <laughs> I really am. I, yeah, I guess hey. yeah, you, you, you guys mentioned. Let him go. You guys mentioned you heard me early on grunting and groaning and carrying on being old man. I, I just <laughs> maybe I'm mellowing out. They, I just can't get. Ma- I, you know what? I can't get mad about GI Joe anymore because. You're I got what it. I got. Well, no, no, I got what I got. I ha- and you're I happy with it. You're, you're, you know, it's interesting you say, though, you want the characters the way they are. I think that goes back to but, you know, what you want may not be what I want. Sure. And there's so many different you – know, you've, you've got the comics. You've got the file cards. You've got the cartoons. And 
you know, I think we all know people that have an affinity towards one more than the other. Sure. And especially with the comics, you know, when we talked about like your top five, when we did the top five list a while back, yeah. you know, I maintain that Real American Hero will always be this great. It is great, but Cobra is like a better comic book. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but it's not, it, it, that audience is not the same. Yeah. The, the art is not the same. The story is very different. But I want that nostalgic piece. It would be fun, though, to see them take the characters and just give them enough time to do something. Yeah. You know, you, you Dark Horse, or Dark Horse, uh, you know, what is DDP, Image, they had a run yeah. that was, there was some really good stuff. There was some stuff that was not so great. Yeah. But those those books ran a while. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Well, and they had a chance to develop. And I know it's about sales and it's about that. And, and there's much more clamor from social media. Of course, you know, we've had, we've seen the chuckleheads come out for things that <laughs> we don't all agree on necessarily. But that 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 group that gets very vocal sometimes they've not been again I maintain they're not the ones that have been reading the book for forty years right they don't have the they don't have a frame of reference to it if they do it's watching GI Joe the movie yeah. or the the new movies it's not yeah reading Larry Thomas stuff yeah and that's okay yeah. I mean you know things things change remember they tried that anime book yeah or they ended like the two part oh, yeah. anime thing we did Infestation yeah they cranked out a lot of not what I think we all would consider not great stuff right. over the years. In fact, I'd say their batting average is they've hit, they, they've had more strikeouts than they've had home runs. Yeah. Well, I mean, and what, what would you point to other than getting Robert Atkins involved in GI Joe right. and Cobra, which all those Cobra books are the, the miniseries and the, and the full run were all phenomenal. Right. What, what else has been really successful? The, I, I, I'll say the origins books were pretty good. Uh, okay, that's Orphans yeah, fair. Was, yeah, that's fair. Was good. We're good. Yeah, and I, and I think the main GI Joe book was good when it started for a while. Like probably a good that was twenty some issues. And that was ten years ago. Oh yeah, no. I mean, sure. it, you know, it's it's a long time ago, yeah, yeah. and in that time, you know, so yeah, I didn't I didn't even I didn't even think about Origins because it's yeah. ten years right. ago. But in the meantime, you've had other things that a lot of misses. And stop, you know, a lot of fits and starts, and then some stuff that you just scratch your head and go, what are what are they thinking? Who who decided to put resources into this? Well, to your point though, yeah. too, John, like like you said, your, my idea of care, what the cores of the characters might be different from yours and everything else. But I don't know if that's really true for the simple fact that when you look at the stuff that was successful in the past, even in, even though it was ten years ago or whatever it was, this that stuff actually had the higher sales because it did hit the core of those characters. And once they started deviating from the core of those characters is when sales weren't doing good and they were panicking and they were trying anything and everything. And they got further and further away from who these characters are and what GI Joe means. I think even though your idea and my idea and Chuck's idea might all be a little different from each other on what GI Joe means, we all do agree like, Hey, when we're watching the cartoon, that's GI Joe. When we're watching the, uh, reading the the Marvel run, that's GI Joe. Like we can accept different versions of GI Joe as long as you're still embodying the core of what GI Joe is and what the the core of those characters are. And that's what IDW got away from, and what I'm hoping that they're getting back to. Well said. So well said. I, I I'm with you. I'm with you. Um. So I, we do have an email from a listener. I wanted to, because he actually had, related to G.I. Joe, he does have a game that he wants us to play in the future, and I think this will be good for a future, this will be good for a future episodes, but I wanted to read it, so this way 
it's something to keep in mind. I actually think this could be kind of fun to do. Uh, so this was from Brad. Uh, he said, just finished up episode 227 and, and, and enjoyed hearing you and John talk about issue number 18. For me, issue number 46 was the special one. It was my first of the off the spinner rack, and I love that amazing cover and the action-packed story inside. I thought of a fun little hypothetical game that uh, you and the guys could play on the air sometime, but before I get into that, I want to take a moment to qualify something on my Star Wars top 10 list. He had sent us his top 10 list in the hopes that we can still be friends. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this is directed to you. No, no, I think this was actually directed to you. <laughs> I never said I couldn't be friends with anybody because they put somebody on their list. You did. No, I, well, I think we talked. Uh, I think he didn't have Han Solo on his list, and I think we said, oh, uh, if you don't have Han Solo on your list, we can't be friends. Um, so, yeah, that's what you said. But you agreed. <laughs> oh, come on. So, so he says, when I was in second grade, I vividly recall coming into school on Monday after seeing Empire Strikes Back that weekend and quoting Han Solo's snarky lines to my friends way more than they wanted to hear, I'm sure. Uh, he says, I also remember Han being the last core figure that I couldn't find in stores and then being so stoked when my dad came home from work one night after making a pit stop at Toys R Us and put that carded Han on the kitchen table for no one, no other reason than he knew I had been wanting to get him for so long. He said, I loved him in the original trilogy, the Zahn books, and Episode Seven. He's always held a special spot in my appreciation of Star Wars, but here's why I didn't have him on my top ten list when I wrote this. He says, for a long time I've had a real problem with how Harrison Ford has made no bones about Star Wars was essentially a joke and practically spit in the face of the franchise that made him a, th- uh, a household name. That interview he gave about how his first thought upon hearing how well A New Hope was doing at the box office was, okay, now I can start making some real movies. Uh, I know I need to work on separating the art from the artist, and there'd be a whole slew of characters I wouldn't like as much anymore, I'm sure. But after Peter Mayhew's death, which happened after my, I sent my list, I've noticed Harrison being much more gracious and appreciative of the fandom. He uh, Maybe he's realizing his own mortality more now that Carrie and Peter have passed. He's also likely uh, also likely noticed that what heartfelt tributes they both received, and maybe he's realizing that us Warsies aren't uh, such dweebs after all. His dedication of the new Millennium Falcon ride at Disneyland to Peter and the other uh, the other night was very classy, I thought. So I guess I'm going to have to bump Admiral Piet down to number 11, sorry, Kenneth Colley, and put the old scoundrel back on my top tier again. So that was his thoughts when it came to Star Wars. So we can be friends. It's all right. <laughs> I only have one question. Yes. I have never heard the term Warsies. Is that something I should know? That is, yeah, I've never heard it either. That, okay, just making sure. Hey, man, yeah. that's cool. You call yourself whatever you want. I just—I never heard that term, so I thought I'd ask, make sure I hadn't yeah. missed on that. That is, that is an old term. That is That has been out probably since uh, A New Hope. Uh, I, wow. I know there were Star Warriors that came from the comics, um, but there was also Warsies, yeah. Warsies has been, it's an older term. It's not used very much anymore, obviously. That's old school, then. Yeah, very, so that's cool. very All old right. school. Yep. All right, cool. So, so now he's giving his hypothetical game. So just something for you guys to keep in mind. I think it would be a fun thing to do. It kind of fits into our you know, top lists and stuff like that. So he says, your Joe collection 
cards are completely wiped clear, and you will get to choose one year for the following four categories. So for one of the categories is Cobra figures, one of the categories is G.I. Joe figures, one is Cobra vehicles and their drivers, and the fourth category is G.I. Joe vehicles and their drivers. You can only use a year once. So if you want to use 1985 for Joe vehicles to get the USS flag, then you can't use it again to get Snake Eyes version 2. Wow. I th- interesting. I thought it would be interesting, yeah. He says you get everything from that year for that category. You can ha- nice. You can have the same choices as the other co-hosts. So, you, you know, Chuck, Chuck, uh, John, and I can all use 1983 for figures if we want, you know, something like that. Uh, he said Zartan and Serpenter count as a vehicle as vehicle drivers because they do come with vehicles. Yeah, they came with the vehicles. Right. Um, after you choose your four years, that's all you ever get to own. <laughs> so, uh, and what I'll do is I'll save his email because he gives what his choices are. So I think that would be a fun thing to do. So you get to choose. Sure. Yeah. So he and he did send a, a follow up email on what he thought we would pick for specific reasons on, on certain things. So uh, nice. I think that could be a fun episode to do, uh, saying what year we picked for vehicles and for figures and stuff like that, and then our, maybe our reasons why we chose that. So. Let's do it, just not tonight. No, not tonight. No, not tonight. It'll, but it, you got to do some research first. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We'll definitely exactly. do some research, but I think that would be a that would be a fun episode to do. So, um, anything else you guys wanted to talk about? Real quick, I wanted to mention another documentary that just landed on Amazon Prime. It is called Life After Flash, and it is a documentary about the 1980 Flash Gordon movie. Nice. It is phenomenal. It's it, it's really two stories. There is the the about a quarter or so of the movie is a, really about Sam J. Jones, his struggles in Hollywood, how he has grown as an individual. There is a faith component to it. It goes deeply into his religious conversion and how it's helped him in his career and how he left Hollywood, went into an entirely different career, which blew me away. I had no idea he did that for many years and kind of how it's helped you know since and how he's picked up work since ted but then there is the overall where they have pretty much everybody that's still alive except for timothy dalton mm-hmm. as part of it brian blessed is there he rules that man is 82 years old and still just kills it and has got the big beautiful beard like he did when he was voltan it's a tremendous documentary especially for those of you that are fans of the movie the, the guy I mentioned earlier that is working on the Megaforce doc mm-hmm. is also a Flash Gordon fan, which speaks volumes of his character sure. because he is one of the two collectors that they interview, and his collection is off the chart. He's got a Clytus. He's got the Clytus mask. He's got the gun that Dalton carries, the big rifle. He's got wing or you know Hawkman costumes. It is insane. Like the, That's awesome. Both these guys they show, their collections are just off the chart. But yeah, it's called Life After Flash. It is brand new. It's got a 2019 date on it. So I found it this weekend. I watched it as a Father's Day gift to myself and can't recommend it enough. If you, if you're, especially if you're a fan of the documentary, Sam J. Jones always seemed like a good dude. This dem- this really shows that you know he went through some stuff, but he has come out a better man. I enjoyed it. I would highly recommend it. Nice, cool, nice. Um, one thing I wanted to recommend. Uh, we don't do too, really too many ammo dumps on here anymore, but uh, 
something I read that I so far I'm a huge fan of and I'm looking forward to reading more uh, is uh, for any Spider-Man fans that are out there, there is a miniseries that's uh, out right now. It's called Spider-Man Life Story. And it follows Spider-Man. Uh, it's being written by Chip Zdarsky, and the art is by Mark Bagley. And Mark Bagley is one of my favorite wow. Spider-Man artists. Uh, and it is kind of like, if anyone knows uh, the Superman-Batman stories uh, called Generations, where it followed them through different decades, and they grew up and actually got older and stuff like that, that's what this does with Spider-Man. It's following him through... It's a six-issue miniseries that follows him through the different decades, and he actually ages, and different stuff happens to characters and uh, because because it's actually following like them getting older and everything. Uh, I only read the first two issues so far. The first one took place in the 1960s. Uh, the second issue took place in the 1970s. The, the issue number two that took place in the 1970s uh, had a major gut punch like just in a good way like just a really emotional character moment that happened um i'm looking forward to reading issue number three which takes place in the 1980s uh but this thing is phenomenal so far and uh if if the rest of it is as good as the first two issues were uh it is definitely something that i'm going to need to get in like a hardcover edition or something like that just to have proudly on my shelf because uh if you are a Spider-Man fan, you should be checking this story out. Uh, I have not read anything this good, in my opinion, in a very long time. So, uh, oh, cool. So, um, but uh, I believe that's everything. Uh, I do want to give uh, shout-outs to our uh, Patreon sponsors. So we have uh, Jonathan Morgantini, who has his Just Roll With It podcast, which is. Uh, a Dungeons & Dragons podcast uh, taking place in Middle-Earth. Uh, then we have Will Bell with his Dudes in Toyland podcast. And then we have uh, Jason Pravat who has his Pop Culture uh, Carolina on Instagram, and he did start his website. Uh, he sent me the link to check it out. Uh, so, uh, Jason, now that I am back home, I am going to check that out this week, and I'll, uh, he was asking for some feedback, so I'll, I will... Uh, let you know what I think, and I will uh, post it on our uh, our pages here, so that our you know our group pages and everything else, so this pe- way people can check it out. So uh, definitely thank thank all uh, patron members, uh, Patreon members, because you do help take care of some of the costs that I have with the show. So uh, with that, John, how can they find you in your wonderful world that you have out there? Oh, my wonderful world, hrsocialrpodcast.podbean.com. Find me there. Find my podcast. Please listen. I, everybody that's helped, again, it's always appreciated. I know some of you I still owe gifts to. I, I commit that I will get them out. It has been an absolutely nutty few months, and uh, I'm actually, I'm not sure when this show comes out, I'll be in Vegas for a week for a conference out there where I'm speaking and then when I get home, I'm actually home for I think a month. Oh, and wow. So I'm going to try to regroup and <laughs> get some get some things done yeah. around here. Yeah. yeah. But uh, cut but the yeah, grass. Well, you know, I got I got two teenage kids that can do that. I'm, I'm a good hey, boy. I'm, I'm good shape. <laughs> um, yeah. So yeah, hrsocialrpodcast.podbean.com. And for those of you going to Baltimore, sorry I won't be able to join you. I will I will be there in spirit. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> And uh, Chuck, before I, I have you give your information out, I want to give a special thank you to you because you've been uh, 
consistently posting stuff on our Facebook uh, fan page. Uh, I get to see that you posted it. Any administrators get to see that you're the one that posted it, but the, <laughs> but, the but the fans can't see who it is that posts the stuff. Uh, That's okay. On rare occasions, I will uh, here and there when I find something funny or good, I'll, I'll post it on there myself. But uh, you've been consistently posting like two or three awesome, fun stuff every single day. It has been growing the fan page, uh, which is especially why I want to thank you because we have added probably almost uh, 200 to 300 new fans on that page just because of the stuff you've been consistently posting. Um, yeah, they're all my fans. All I, of them. I know. So all 300. I'm 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 <laughs> hoping that some of them are checking out the podcast too. So even if a, cool. even if a small percentage of them are, that would be awesome. But uh, but yeah. at least they're checking out the page. So that's that's really cool. So yeah, it's it's a mixed bag. It's like guys and girls. So it's like oh, yeah. pretty cool. Yeah, very much so. Um, so thank you very much for doing that. I, I really appreciate. Oh it. yeah, no problem. So, no problem. Happy to do yeah. it. Happy to do it. And how can people find you other than just you posting fun stuff on the fan page? Yeah, fan page on Facebook and uh, Star Joe's podcast. Um, that you know, and the usual you know social media, Twitter, Facebook, stuff like that. I do have an Instagram, but I barely go on there. <laughs> like my my son set it up for me, yeah. and I just post a couple of pictures randomly here and there. But mostly, it's just Twitter and yeah. Facebook. Yeah, every once in a while, I, I see like a like from you from an Instagram. I'm like, oh, Chuck checked out Instagram today. <laughs> yeah, hey, check it out. Um, all right, well, you can find uh, find us at starjoes.com. Uh, that's where you can really find everything related to the show. Uh, you can call and leave us a voicemail. I did uh, find out that the voicemail seems to still be working, so call and leave us a message. It's 440-941-JOES, 440-941-JOES. Uh, email us just like Brad did and we'll respond to it on the show and if you got an idea for something you'd like us to do on the show uh, that's how you can let us know as well so it's starjoespodcast at gmail.com that idea has to not suck like Brad's Brad's had a good idea right (laughs) right don't send us a bunch of suck ass ideas because <laughs> yeah. yeah. that will not be cool yeah Brad's was an awesome oh, idea so. oh, oh do, a, do a podcast about your favorite cat <laughs> like, I, I don't fucking care <laughs> I'm sorry has somebody asked for that no no okay I don't I don't I don't I don't want that that's what I'm saying he's just using it as an example fair yeah. enough all right just checking <laughs> oh what's your favorite type of pudding I will tell you Tapioca. Well, they they can. Amen. They can ask. I'm with you. They can ask us stuff like that. I don't mind them asking. They just don't turn that into a game. Yeah, we're not doing a pudding contest. Or no, something. no. Maybe no. we could. <laughs> we'll send out boxes of Jello pudding. How sweet would that be? I do like me some tapioca pudding, though. Yeah, tapioca is great. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, if you want to know stuff like that about us, send us an email with that those type of yeah. questions. We'll answer them. We don't give a shit. <laughs> I guess we will. <laughs> but don't ask. Yeah, don't make a game out of it. Don't be like like you said. But, but name your five favorite cats. I don't. I, a lion, a tiger. <laughs> yeah. Calico, Tabby, and what? What? Heathcliff, Garfield. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I'm drawing a blank here. I got fucking up. Uh, but no, if you do have a cool idea of something you'd like us to do on the show, uh, just like Brad did, I, I thought his idea was fantastic. So, um, so if, yeah, if you have like issues you want us to cover or things you want us to talk about from, from the stuff we cover on the show, uh, let us know. Or if you just have random questions to ask. Yeah, that's, that a, that's a really good one. I'm going to go grab my Mark Balamo G.I. Joe book after this. 
yeah. recording here, and I'm going to I'm going to look at this. Oh yeah, this I'm going to put some, some research. Thought in yeah, for sure. Because uh, it's challenging when you start thinking about it. Like shit, if I take this year for the figures, I can't get that character. <laughs> yeah. So <clears throat> it's tough. He did mention one that you're going to have a hard time with, Chuck. So what? He, we'll get into that later. So. Right. So he gave his All thoughts right. on like e- what he thought each of us would pick for certain things, only for certain things though. Um, but he, mm-hmm. he did he did mention that you're gonna have a tough time at a certain point because you can't pick the same year for the same category. So I know. Yeah, I know. that's the tough part. So. All right, uh, but yeah. There, uh, by the way, just go to starjoes.com. You can find the, our phone number there. You can find merchandise there. Uh, all that fun stuff. So, with that, uh, I don't care which one of you closes with me, but we're gonna go ahead and say the force will be with you. Do it, John. Because knowing us is half the battle. Take care, everyone. All right.